0: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Hi, I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's dog master and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series Hudson and Rex. This week, we're examining how dogs and cats really get along. Welcome to How to Dog. It's a cliché, fighting like cats and dogs, even raining cats and dogs? It would lead us to believe that cats and dogs are biologically wired to hate each other. But is that really the case? Or can felines and canines live under the same roof peacefully? This week, we're speaking to a couple of canine and feline behavior experts to find out the truth.
1: Why should you be careful when it rains cats and dogs? I don't know. Why? Because you just might step in a poodle. Don't give up your day job. Hi, everyone. A reminder that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be professional advice. Always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry.
0: My first guest today is Dr. Karen London. She's a certified applied animal behaviorist. She is the author of six books about canine training and behavior, including her most recent, Treat Everyone Like a Dog, How a Dog Trainer's Worldview Can Improve Your Life. She's also an adjunct professor in the Department of Biological Sciences at Northern Arizona University. Dr. Karen, welcome to How to Dog. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. And um, could you tell our listeners what it is that you do?
2: Sure. I am a canine behaviorist and a dog trainer, so I work with primarily dogs with serious behavioral issues. My specialties are in um, aggression and play behavior, but I work with dogs with all kinds of issues, and I also do some work with service dogs and general training and lots and lots of dog-cat um, harmony issues to be worked on.
0: You know, is so many um, households have dual animals, so primarily dogs and cats. I know that there's reptiles and dogs, and but the biggest problem that we find um, that we're hearing from our listeners is our dog and our cat don't get along. We're hoping that you can shed some light on this.
2: When you first are introducing a dog and a cat, whether the cat is at the house and you're bringing a new dog home or the reverse, the best advice I could give anyone is to do it right because you you can't do it over. If if an initial dog and cat introduction doesn't go well, it's, it's so much harder to turn it around. It, um, cats are notorious for um, not getting over things easily, or as people like to say, holding a grudge. And I like to keep them separated at first. For the first few days or weeks, keep the cat in one area and the dog in another area and I know that's hard but the idea is that it's temporary and they each should have everything they need food and water and toys and a litter box for the cat and activity with you um, but you want them there to be a gate between them they can get used to the smells before they actually meet and like trade blanket encourage positive feelings with giving them lots of toys and treats and attention and then this is so critical teach the dog to sit or lie down when they see the cat and I say that because what often happens is a dog that has no intention of hurting a cat maybe a dog's like oh my gosh I love this cat and they sh- run at it and chase at it and the cat is you know under the bed for you know two years um and we don't want that so if you we teach the dog that the default is to sit or lie down when seeing the cat everything else in the the future of their relationship goes
0: really well you've written an article um for bark and you had some new studies that revealed how pheromones can help improve the relationship between dogs and cats sharing a household can you can you give us a little bit of information on that
2: yes definitely well this was um about a six-week study and people volunteered to be in it. And sort of the criterion for being in the study was basically, are you a household in which you think there is some room for improvement in the relationship between your dog and your cat? Which I think is such a funny way to get people to be in a scientific study. So it might be that they just weren't friends or it might be that, you know, the cat was living in dread fear or the cat had swiped at the dog and the dog was terrified. But basically what they found is that um, if they put a pheromone that helps dogs relax or a pheromone that helps cats relax, it did a, they did a lot better. The study didn't use both of them, which would obviously be the next step. And lots of people do that, but the, the pheromones are called feel away for the cat and then adaptil. It used to be called DAP for the dog. And they're just plug in diffusers and. Most of the people found huge benefits. They would say there was like less chasing and more gentle play. Um, the cat and the dog touch noses, which they didn't used to do. The whole household has been more content. Um, I will say that if a family has an issue where they're really afraid of injury or you know trauma between the cat and the dog, you, you, there's no evidence that just plugging these in and then everyone is like holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Um, you have to be careful still if there's a real issue, but really does seem to help. Um, them feel more comfortable. the the cat pheromone diffuser household saw their cats becoming more relaxed, and the dog people saw the same thing with their with their canines, and they had more time with the cat and the dog in the same room and increase in friendly greetings. And I just think it's pretty cool that pheromones that are known to affect behavior are something that we can use in a really practical way to help our pets get along with each other. I mean, they are different species, so there's no doubt
0: it's not a surprise that there are challenges. I'm Sherry Davis, and today on How to Dog, we're talking about dogs and cats and how to help them get along. Later in the show, I'm going to speak to Dr. Zazie Todd. She started the website Companion Animal Psychology to help people help their cats and dogs get along. That's coming up shortly. Right now, I'm speaking to Dr. Karen London, an author and applied animal behavior expert. One of the things I hear a lot is my dog doesn't like white dogs. So if we get a multicolored cat, my dog should be okay with it, right?
2: I had a client who said that her dog didn't like white dogs, and we went on a walk, and we saw a bunch of white dogs, and it's true that her dog didn't like those dogs, and that's where the challenges were and did fine with all the other dogs, but it just so happened that all of the white dogs were also really barky, and I think that the barking was the problem, not the color, but I love that people are looking for patterns. But there's certainly no guarantee that if you get a cat that seems to fit outside the the triggers they've noticed with other dogs that it will, it will be okay. Most dogs, if they've had experience when cats, when they're young as puppies are more likely to do well with cats. That to me is the, one of the major determining factors, because if they've been socialized to cats and they understand that they're social partners, yes, they still need to meet this new one, make their acquaintance and learn to get along. But they're not in that situation, like some dogs that have not seen cats and they how do they tell that it's any different than a squirrel? Like, or, or some dogs, you'll see them be like, "Oh dear heavens, what is that thing?" You know, kind of an, a reaction. So I think familiarity is helpful, but certainly a, a cat that looks anything like a dog that the dog's okay with is no guarantee. You know, the, I think they're more paying attention to the salient
0: factor that this here is a cat, <laughs> and that is different. And is it better to get? It, like, is there any benefit? Let's say I'm not going to say better, but is it? Is there a benefit? to get either the dog or the cat, one of the two species, as a puppy or a kitten to introduce to the adult animal that you already have?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think there are some potential advantages, but I don't think it has to be that way. Like, Say you bring a kitten into the home, the kitten then it's sort of a blank slate in terms of dogs. And and then the goal would be to try to make sure all of that cat's experiences with the dogs are positive. And likewise, if you brought a puppy into the house and there was an adult cat or, or or cats there, you want that puppy to have nothing but positive experiences with the cats, which is no small feat either way, but that's the goal. But if you bring in an adult animal, first of all, they're not, they don't have that blank slate and no, they can't be socialized in the same way once they're beyond that really critical baby phase. Um, and for all you know, the cat or the dog that you're bringing in has already had a bad experience with a member of that other
0: species. And so that, that can be challenging. Here's another thing that I've heard in the past is people say, you know, um, when we have dogs come over to our house, we've always been told to introduce them outside and then to bring them in the house together. So it's kind of like on neutral grounds and then coming into one of their domains. Is that something you recommend for a a cat dog introduction is maybe do it outside or is it safer and better to do it within the home?
2: Uh, it's sort of like a two part thing. I totally agree. I love to introduce dogs outside partly because then you don't have the confined space. There aren't any territorial issues. And also because when dogs greet, they'll often urinate and then walk away. And then the other dog can smell their urine and get information. You can see this at a dog park. If one dog comes in and everybody crowds it, that dog will often, you know, squat pee and get out of there and then they can kind of get to know them from their pee while the other one has a little (laughs) piece so that's they can't do that inside if they're house trained so I do like to introduce them outside with cats and dogs I do tend to do it inside just because it allows more control with gates and fences Um, I do like gates between dogs and cats at first they can get used to each other and then once they seem to be able to like sniff through the, the gate and have a positive experience the dog is calm and not looking like it's chasing the cat isn't trying to you know get away then I would introduce, start to have them together, and this could be weeks down the road, on with at least the dog on leash, and even the cat, if the cat's comfortable with the leash, so that you still have some control. But since I don't like to have them so close and on leashes, I can't really have them outside because, you know, they could get away.
0: So when I'm introducing the, the animals, if, let's say, the dog is charging and barking, it, what, what would they do? How would owners handle that situation? The cat is like, and the dog is just like at the gate and jumping and, you know, headbutting that gate. Is it a discipline? Is it a redirection? Is it a calming? Like what should the, our clients, our listeners do?
2: Well, as is so often the case, uh, I would advise trying to avoid ever getting to that situation, so I'll talk about how to do that, and then if, you know, whoopsie, it does happen, then where to go from there. So what I like to do, like, say you have a dog at home and you're you're gonna be bringing home a cat. The first thing I would wanna do is have some kind of, like, you know, a dish towel or a blanket that you the cat sleeps on, or you rub it, and then you bring it home, present it to the dog so the dog sniffs it and then give the dog a treat over and over and over again, you know, dozens and dozens of time. This smell equals a treat so they start to get positive associations with it. Uh, same with if it's a cat that's there and you're bringing a dog home. If, if you don't think that you have a dog and a cat that you know, sometimes sometimes people have a dog and like, oh, he's had tons of cats, he's always like cats, or, or vice versa with the cat. Then it's less risky. But I'll start signs with two gates so they can't actually be right at the gate with each other. I'd ideally have a person with a cat and a person with the dog, ad- adults or you know, at least older, you know, teenagers or something. And if there's any indication that they're about to, you know, digress that way, you know, like the, or the whatever, you just. Um, move them away from each other. You walk the dog to another room, you move the cat to another room, you throw a blanket over the fence so they can't see, or the gate so they can't see each other, immediately separate. And the goal is to have every interaction be positive. So if it does get not positive, you just interrupt immediately.
0: And have you ever run into a case where the problem is not the dog, it's the cat?
2: Definitely. Um, I find that the most common problem is the dog chasing the cat, sometimes in a potentially dangerous or predatory way, sometimes playful. But either way, the cat's like, "Mm, nope, thanks. (laughs) I'm out of here. But some, and and sometimes the best thing that can happen, honestly, is if it's a friendly, sociable dog and a friendly, sociable cat, and the dog charges and the cat just swats at the dog once. Sometimes that's the best thing that can happen. The dog's like, got it, and then they're fine, and then they can become friends. Um, But sometimes there are cats that will scratch and leap on the backs of dogs, and you know, the dog. Dogs like, geez, I just play about, you know, for heaven's sake. Um, you know, so, um, uh, it can sometimes be the cat and it often is cats will, will scratch and claw or ambush. Um, sometimes, and, and this has happened to people too. A cat will hide behind something, leap out and bite at dogs or, or human ankles. And that you, I, I, in fact, a few months ago, I had a case with a dog that was terrified of the dining room because the cat had ambushed the dog from behind the buffet and had scratched him and he was hurt. He wasn't seriously injured, didn't need veterinary care, but I'm sure it hurt. And I'm sure it was scary. And I'm sure the dog was like, darn that cat.
0: Ultimately, from the sounds of thing, the best thing to do is separation and then socialization through a divider.
2: Yeah, definitely, and also um, starting with short sessions when they're together. When I first bring a dog and a cat together after I've decided that they don't need a fence separating them, the first time they're in the same room together, and it might be on leashes and there'd be lots of treats, it would be less than five minutes to start with. I mean, it would really be, you do a few five-minute sessions a day, again, because the goal is to make sure every session is positive, is positive, and if they have a few minutes together and it's good and then they have to be separated, the next time it's like you're building the space of like, oh, good things happen when we're together. And then I like high purchase for the cat everywhere, as I mentioned. I feel like if a cat has access to a way to get away from the dog, that's always helpful. High purchase, particularly cats like. But if you have a small cat, you know, or a normal-sized cat and a large dog, you can also have you know, tunnels or things that the cat can go into that the dog won't fit into. If you have a Jack Russell Terrier, that usually won't work. But for a lot of breeds, just giving the cat a way to get away. Um, And that is not to say that it's always the dog that's an issue, but if the dog is chasing the cat and that's the issue, if the cat can get away and the dog can't follow, I think cats get a lot of confidence from that.
0: Well, Dr. Karen London, I'd like to thank you very much. Hopefully we have uh, solved some problems for our listeners and for the listeners who are looking at getting a different species to enter the home now they'll know how to introduce them
2: well it's always a pleasure to talk with you and i love talking about dogs and cats and thank you so much for having me on the podcast sincerely appreciate it thank you so much
0: dr karen london is a certified applied animal behaviorist and the author of numerous books on dog behavior her most recent is called treat everyone like a dog how a dog trainer's worldview can improve your life i'm sherry davis and this is how to dog today we're talking dogs and cats and how to help them get along especially if they're sharing the same home well i had a cat and his name was butch i've had lots of cats but this cat in particular his name was butch and he was better than any of my dogs I would take the dogs out for a walk. They always had to be leashed. And guess who followed behind us? There was Butch coming along behind us. He never barked at anybody. He never chased anybody. He sat and watched everybody. The best cat ever. If I said, come, he would come. At dinnertime, he'd come, eat his dinner. Anything I asked the dogs to do, If I asked the dogs to give me a foot, shake a paw, lie down, sit, sit up, the cat would be the first one to do it. Butch was an exceptional cat. So can the cats be trained? Yes. Can cats and dogs live together? Yes. But maybe not all of them. Maybe it takes a little bit of work. But I'll tell you, I sure do miss my Butch. My second guest today is Dr. Zazie Todd. She's an animal behavior expert, but unlike Dr. Karen, Dr. Zazie is going to offer us the feline perspective. She runs a website called Companion Animal Psychology and writes a newsletter called The Positive Post. Her latest book is called Purr, The Science of Making Your Cat Happy. Hi, Dr. Zazie Todd, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm very well. I'm so excited about today's topic. Um, could you please tell our listeners before we start
1: talking what it is that you do and who you are? So I'm Zazie Todd, I have written two books, one is Purr, The Science of Making Your Cat Happy, which came out this year, and my first book was Wag, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy, which came out a couple of years ago, so I'm all about helping make our pets as happy as possible according to science. And I write companion animal psychology blog, I have a PhD in psychology, I have a CTC in dog training from the prestigious Academy for dog trainers. And I have an advanced certificate in feline behavior from international cat care. And I love both species. So I'm really excited to be talking about both cats and dogs in the same conversation. If you think back many years ago,
0: there weren't as many dogs that were considered our family members and there weren't as many cats living in our homes considered our family members. Cats had a job and they were to, you know, rid of rodents and dogs had a purpose and a lot of dogs used to live outdoors and guard dogs. And you know, um, now these dogs and these cats are part of our family and we want to coexist in one den with these animals. And a lot of people are having issues doing it.
1: Yes and you're right that so much has changed and one of the other things that's changed for cats is many of them are actually indoors only and that means if they don't like the setup or they don't like people or other animals in the house, they've got no way of getting away from them. So that has to be taken into account as well. And really people are expecting cats and dogs to get on well. And I think often people hope that the cat and the dog will be cuddly together. And I know it's its like super cute when you get that kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be like that. What you just need is to know that both of them are comfortable with each other and happy with each other. And if they don't feel like going so far as to cuddling, that's okay, so long as they're happy.
0: Here we go. We're gonna get down into some down and dirty stuff because a lot of people don't even realize the difference between the feline and the canine. They are two completely different species.
1: Yes, they're very different. They have very different needs. Um, they can learn to live with each other very well in many cases but they even have different ways of communicating for example cats like to greet each other by sniffing the nose whereas as we know dogs are more likely to go and sniff the butt and your cat is probably not going to be too keen on that but we do know that when a cat and dog live together very often the dog will learn to greet the cat by sniffing the nose so they can learn to be, be with each other and cats similarly can learn to be with the dog but a lot of it depends on like their background and their early life experience Experiences and how well the human sets the home up and the training that they do and the environmental setup for the cat especially.
0: Okay, so we know, uh, we've talked quite a bit extensively about dogs and their sensories, like the sense of smell and hearing and their eyes and how they communicate usually on body language before any verbal language. Now, what can you shed light on how cats communicate?
1: Yeah, so cats actually do have amazing noses as well. So we all think of dogs as having amazing noses. Your cat has an incredible nose too. And part of that, as well as their actual nose, they also have something called a vomeronasal organ, big word, VNO. Um, and they use that to detect what we call pheromones. And these are basically chemical signals. So as an example, I think everyone has seen a cat going and rubbing their head on some furniture or the wall or something like that and when your cat does that they're depositing pheromones and those pheromones there are different types of them but those specific pheromones in that situation are thought to be contributing to helping the cat to feel safe in that environment. So as a person with a cat you will often get your cat coming and rubbing their head on you and maybe if your cat gets on really well with the dog they will rub their head on the dog even because cats between each themselves, when they get on with each other, they will show that affiliated behavior by rubbing their heads and sometimes their whole bodies together.
0: Usually when my dogs feel really safe and comfortable, they're giving me their butts to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> the cats taught me that, you know, for dogs, we think of petting and petting and, you know, the cats, you know, they come in and they, they rub up against you and stuff. And Uh, I guess the longer and the more I studied the cat and had the cats and had exotic cats as well as domestic cats that I'm like, okay, they really want to rub. And and I called it butterfly kisses because I found that they really
1: love my eyelashes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the petting itself is actually probably a bit different compared to most dogs because dogs have been domesticated for longer. They kind of get brought up to tolerate a lot of petting from us. Cats really prefer it if petting is very much on their own terms. And obviously dogs like it to be on their own terms too. But we know, for example, if someone is trying to initiate an interaction with a cat, the harder they try, like the worse it's going to go. It's really much, much better if you let the cat come to you and the cat be the one to interact with you first. And also cats like petting to be quite frequent but only for a short period of time so they don't want you to pick them up and pet them loads and loads and loads and then think okay I'm done for the day. They'd like you to stop a lot sooner but then to make sure that you come back and do it again. And also they like it if those interactions are quite predictable for them because that helps them also to feel in control too. So if they know what kind of interaction they're going to have with you and you're going to give them a choice that helps them to feel much happier. Uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 amazing. It just amazes me because we think of cats and dogs as basically very similar to what they like and what they do, and, and they're so different. Um, if I'm trying to introduce a cat and a dog, so let's say I already have, we're going to do both scenarios. I already have a dog in the house, and I have fallen in love with a kitten, and I want to bring a kitten home. Is there a way to do this properly?
1: Yes. Absolutely, but the thing that's most important is the comfort of the kitten or adult cat if you're bringing an adult cat. And whether you get the cat first or second, the real thing is to focus on the cat because we know that the cat's comfort is the most important in that situation. Um, And that's partly because dogs, some dogs can be a risk to cats. But it's great that you're mentioning a kitten because we know that in general actually it works best if you get the cat or kitten first and then bring the dog into the home after that. Um, So for an adult cat to come into a home with a dog, if they haven't had any prior experience of living with a dog, that's gonna be a big adjustment for them. But kittens are still young And kittens have a sensitive period for socialization, just like puppies do. But in kittens, it's between two to seven, end of seven weeks. So that's probably over before you bring the kitten home because they're going to, maybe they'll be eight weeks, but maybe they'll be 12 weeks old. But they're still young and their brain is still flexible and they're still learning. So if you are bringing a kitten into the dog, that kind of is much easier than trying to bring an adult cat who isn't used to dogs at all
0: so if i have a cat so let's say i'm bringing home a kitten and i'm all excited and you know i i walk into the house and the dog is excited and i've got a fairly um well-behaved dog that you know i know isn't going to snatch it out of my arms but the cat is like hissing and clawing and biting or whatever i find like cats don't understand or train the same way as a dog so in that case like what do you do with a cat who is reactive? Is there a way to train a cat not to be reactive or help it be a little less reactive?
1: Yeah, so since this is an imaginary situation, let's back up a little bit and let's think about it from the very beginning, from the kitten's point of view. You You don't want to bring the kitten in and give them the run of the whole house to begin with. Even if you didn't have a dog, you would want to confine them to one room until they get used to it and you'd have everything they need in that one room. But the other thing is you're not going to introduce them to the dog right away. You need to make it a really slow and gradual introduction. And your aim is to make sure that the kitten feels that they already know the dog before they actually get to meet. So we just talked about them having amazing noses, so we'll probably start with scent um, and you will get something that smells of the dog like a blanket that the dog has been lying on and you would take it to the room with the kitten in and you would put it in there and you wouldn't force the kitten to interact with it you would wait you would give them a choice to come up to it and it would be similar because you can actually train cats so you could try and do a bit of, of work with giving treats at the same time as they come and smell to try and create a positive association with that smell. That will help if you feel like doing that. Um, But you want to wait until they are coming up happily to anything that smells of the dog and they're interacting with it, they're sniffing it, they seem quite comfortable with it, they look quite relaxed in the presence of that smell and wait until that point before you try to move forward. And so the next step might be for them to see each other, but you don't want to go full on and have the kitten in the room with the dog because that's going to be too much. So you're getting the message that this is quite a slow process, basically. Um, So to begin with, you might have um, the door just ajar a bit and the dog on one side and a well behaved dog doing something where they're not paying attention to the cat. So you've got them in a sit or a down stay or they're playing tug with someone or something. Um, but sit is going to be easier because then they're keeping quite still, they're less threatening to the kitten. And the, the kitten can sense them through the door, but again you want to be distracting the kitten and ideally you might be playing with a one toy with the kitten. So you've got two people here, one to con- control the dog and one to keep the kitten happy too. <laughs> and you do that for a bit and see how it goes and then you shut the door. And then you'll do that again over several times before you even start to have any careful supervised actual interactions with them. So that's a slow process and I think the biggest mistake people make is to go too fast and if you just take your kitten and put it in the room with the dog and it's not had any prior experience with dogs, um, it's probably going to run and hide um, and it may well be hissing or clawing at the the dog and you want to avoid that as much as you can. You don't want to put them in a situation where they're scared. You want to get things off to a good start, you know, set them up for success, make it as happy as you can right from the beginning. Okay, so uh, vice versa here. Uh, if I'm going to take something
0: that smells like the dog to the kitten, should I take something that smells like the kitten to the dog?
1: Yeah, that would be perfect. And again, you can do the same thing, give the dog a choice of whether or not to come and sniff it, but we know dogs, they're gonna come and sniff it probably. <laughs> uh, but exactly. you can give them treats for sniffing it and that will help them to get to know the smell of the kitten before they meet. And also it might help to get rid of some of that excitement because it is exciting for a dog to meet a kitten, I right. think. You know, so that will help them, them get used to the kitten as well.
0: Now, can we reverse the scenario here? and i've got a cat and let's say my cat is oh i don't know six seven years old but now i am bringing in a puppy now is it does the can you give us that scenario how does that work because the cat is very comfortable in the home and it is my cat's house first and now i'm bringing in a puppy is it kind of this is it a is that a room thing? Is it a cage thing? Is it like, can you walk us through the reverse scenario?
1: Yeah. So a lot of the things are the same in a way, this is a better scenario because the cat is already comfortable in the home and it's the cat's territory. So that's very helpful. Um, and in, in this scenario, it's kind of a middle-aged kind of cat. So they're. They're not young anymore, but they're not a senior. For a senior cat, it might be a bit more difficult and you might have to take a bit of extra care to make sure that they can still be comfortable because they might not be able to get to high up spaces, for example, if they have arthritis. But it's similar, but this time it's gonna be the dog that you have to confine to part of the house. Um, initially um, and you you might put the dog in one room and actually stop access to that room for the cat to begin with because you still want to go through the same process of taking something that smells of the puppy to the cat and giving the cat the choice of interacting with it or not and then gradually building up to them seeing through uh, like a, a door that's ajar before you know long before they actually meet them so again you want to make sure that the cat feels like they know the dog before they meet because that's what gives it the best chance of success and the other thing is puppies are bouncy so you, you really do want to make sure that the first times they meet that it, it goes well for both species because you don't want an angry cat to go and scratch the puppy and frighten the puppy um, but at the same time you don't want the puppy to be far too bouncy for the cat. So you you want to be having someone there with something to distract the puppy for the first few times that they see each other.
0: Now, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, they're, you know, they'll figure it out can you shed some light on that? Will they figure it out or could
1: that be potentially fatal to one or the other? Well, it could be very risky and it wouldn't be a sensible thing to do. I mean, some dogs are actually quite a risk to a cat. It depends very much on the dog, but some dogs will chase a cat if they run. Um, Some dogs really shouldn't be in the same home as a cat because they see cats as food. So, if they've got a strong prey drive, then they're not even safe to be in the same house together. You shouldn't be planning to mix them. Um, But assuming that it's a dog that is safe with cats, even so, if you see any signs of stress, you want to intervene and do something to make it better because otherwise potentially it's going to get a lot worse. And I think one of the issues is that people aren't very good at recognizing signs of stress, especially in cats. But not necessarily that good at recognizing it in dogs either, but especially with cats. So they may not actually notice that there's a problem until you get to the point where the cat is hissing or scratching. And really you want to notice signs of stress long before that and intervene to do something about it. So if the cat is running away from the dog, if the cat has kind of quite a closed body posture, like um, the more stressed cats get, their, their ears go back, they get lower to the ground, they kind of get closed in, their paws will be tucked in, their tail will be tucked in. Uh, if you see any signs of the cat appearing to be stressed in the presence of the dog, you want to do something about that. And that might involve training the dog, but it, it most likely will also involve making some changes to the environment to help the cat be more comfortable.
0: Well, Dr. Zazie Todd, I'd like to thank you very much. Hopefully, we have just made a lot of relationships going forward a lot easier and a lot better. So thank you so very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. It's
1: been a real pleasure to chat with you.
0: Dr. Zazie Todd is an animal behavior expert and best-selling author. Her most recent book is called Purr, The Science of Making Your Cat Happy. Well, whether you call yourself a cat person or a dog person, I hope we can agree that we're all animal lovers and we don't have to fight like cats and dogs because, as you've heard today, even cats and dogs don't need to fight. Hudson and Rex returns with all new episodes this January on City TV and catch up anytime on City TV Plus, the City TV app or at citytv.com. If you have time, please rate, review, and follow us in your podcast player of choice.
1: And now it's time for Fun Dog Facts.
2: Do dogs laugh? or have a sense of humor? Maybe this seems like an absurd question, but research shows the answer to both questions is a definite yes. While humans laugh in a very obvious way, with dogs, it's a little more nuanced. But they do laugh. It's called play panting. They open their mouth and hold it open. It looks a bit like they're grinning from ear to ear. This leads us to wonder about their sense of humor, which was observed by Charles Darwin. Like humans, a dog's sense of humor tends to be rather unique to each dog. So, what are the funniest dog breeds? Of course, it's hard to generalize, but one study suggested that Irish setters laugh more than most dogs, and Pekingese, the least. But I'm sure there are Pekingese owners out there who will disagree.
1: How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis. Produced by me, Davin Langell. And me, Adam Killick. Executive Producers, Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, and Sherry Davis. Editing and mixing, also by me, Adam Killick. Research by the amazing Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Rogers Sports and Media Incorporated and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2023, Shasbury.